money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Well, that's really good because this is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. It's been a while since I said a welcome to anyone who's new to the show. So thanks for listening. Pull up a coffee. We're going to have a conversation around the hard issues around money. And uh, if you've missed some of the shows or you want to go back and listen to them again, uh, boy, we're getting a pretty big archive. And I want to, again, just give a shout out and thank you to all those that listen uh, and and whether you rate us or whether you make comments or whether you reach out on Facebook or social media just to say hi and thanks for doing the show. We really appreciate it. It's so much fun to, to hear directly from you. And in this crazy kind of distant world, we can come right in and and, uh, and get to know you a little bit. So that's kind of fun to do that. Um, you can find all of those shows on morethanenough.ca, chri.ca, notmine.ca. All of those websites have the player right there, so you just get there, hit play, away you go. Um, if you want to listen on podcast, well, then download us off your, your favorite podcasting platform. Search Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb. That's, uh, usually that finds it pretty good. And if you, if you do have a podcasting playlist or something, then, then please rate us, iTunes and, and uh, Spotify and a, a few other of them have rating systems. And that's just really helpful so that we can share. The good news of uh, talking about money. Uh, I know some people. Uh, Whoever is just going to interrupt me. Go ahead. No, I was like, well, some may not think it's good news about money, but this is why we're here. <laughs> we're to make the conversation about money really a good thing in your life. Sure. It's very exciting. So yeah. you may not think so or feel that way today, but it's well, possible. Uh, most of us use money every day, so it's not a bad thing. We, most of us talk know, about money in some way. We want to talk about it in a form. nice way. We want to yeah. talk about in a way that doesn't bring shame or judgment. Absolutely. Or, but yet, to be honest, because today's show and, and next week's show, I I uh, was telling David that I'm sensing this um, warning in my heart from yeah. the Lord, and um, we're just going to be uh, talking a little bit about that. I think in our show today and next week, just about our need in this season to get aligned and to get our finances in order. We've been saying it for a long time and we've been saying it nicely. And I don't know how to say it any stronger sometimes than we say, but there is a, just a sense inside that, that, that we need to, um, well, you know what? I'm going to jump in there and just I'm and at, just say, at a loss. if this resonates with you, if you're if there's a little bit of a hmm, we need to get our house in order feeling inside your your heart or uh, inside, uh, maybe even as a couple, if you talk about it, and one couple's like, hey, you know, don't have that at all, and the other couple's feeling a little bit of a a, a maybe we need to get our house in order. Um, this is our encouragement from us, Dave and Reb to you, whoever you are, to say, let's do this thing. Yes, let's let's see what we can do to help you to do that. Uh, again, whether it's just 
listening to the, the podcast or whether it's reaching out to more than enough and saying, I need a help from one of the coaches uh, just to get my house in order. Uh, I'm feeling that sense of, of, yeah, now is the time to do that. Um, so many times in uh, probably, I don't know if it's every week, but certainly every month, we get a call from someone who says, you know, I've been trying to, you know, thinking about calling you for the last 12 months, for the last two years, and I just haven't got there. And today we're going to start with just a little bit of encouragement to say, Reb and I are both feeling like now is the time for for us as the people of God to get our houses in order um, so that we can be a blessing to our neighbors. So there's just so many things I'm feeling that God is saying, listen, get your house in order so that I can be about my business in in your financial life. And so that's our our little encouragement this morning. We're going to talk about that in light of the, the... the current economic and and certainly Reb, you have some scripture mm-hmm. that you want to share. So and, and I just as you said that it's to be about God's business. So what is that business for you? And is your finances are your finances um, in in such a place that you you can freely without worry give or invest? Um, and we're talking yes about your money specifically. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about your expertise, your time. You know, we can give all of that as stewards, as God's kids. We can give all that to our communities and our families. But we're talking specifically about money and mm-hmm. getting our money into a place where um, we can be about God's business. That we position ourselves to hear what is He saying to you specifically as an individual. Maybe as a couple, maybe as a family, maybe as a single mom with kids, maybe as a millennial, maybe as a, a university student. What is God saying to you specifically in this season about your finances and how you're to do things? Um, the one verse I'm going to read because of, of where my heart's at this morning, <clears throat> it's Psalm 33, and it says this, no king is saved by the multitude of an army. A mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain hope for safety. Neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him. Excuse me. Because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in you. No king is saved by the multitude of his army, and no a mighty man is not delivered by great strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety, and neither shall it deliver any by its strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. So this morning, um, we're actually going to talk briefly about some a current event happening in the world. And maybe how that's going to affect our Christmas, how that's going to affect our um, purchasing power, maybe um, how it's going to affect our attitudes and what is our response as Christ's followers. I wanted to read those verses from Psalm 33 because um, it also says in Isaiah, you can't go back to Egypt and go down to Egypt and trust in, in man. You can't trust in horses and chariots. And in this case, we can't trust in the banking system to rescue us. We can't trust in our uh, bank accounts. And and here's, you know, a great question for us to ask. What are we trusting in and who are we trusting in? And um, 
I know this is a segue for the book I just wrote, um, <laughs> which is uh, currently, uh, I'm hoping, being laid out and sent to the printer. Um, but we're actually going to talk about a problem happening in the world that might affect um, the production of my book. I'm not sure sure yet. Um, uh, but we we can't trust in any of those outward external things. And we want to trust in the name of the Lord because mm. his eye is on us. And I think sometimes we go about our life acting as if he's not ever present with us. And I would like that to shift. Mm -hmm. um, not just calling on him when we have a need, calling on him when we're rejoicing, all of those things. I mean, and how does this play out in our finance? You know, do we give our finances to the Lord? Are we trusting him on our financial journey with the money we have? Are we trusting that when we have a sense to give some of it away, that he's that there's going to be enough to pay our bills. Like there's just a whole bunch of stuff rumbling around in my head, but are we going about God's business and are we trusting him in his business? And, and I, you know, Rev, like I, I was just thinking as, as we're talking about this in light of the, the current um, famine, I'm, I'm, you know, that was the, in the verses that you read, you know, the faithfulness of God throughout the famine. And, and earlier on in that chapter, um, and I'm going to encourage you all to read Psalm uh, 33, but earlier on in the chapter in, in verse 6, you know, again, it just says, uh, the word of the Lord, uh, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water uh, of the sea and heaps them up and lays up the, uh, lays up the deep in the storehouse. And, you know, I was thinking about that. And then I was thinking about, you know, so many of us, maybe in this time where we look at our finances and we go, well, there's just plain old not enough. There's, there's not enough. And right away, this verse and these chapters from, from Psalm chapter 33 reminded me of Christ sitting on the mountainside with 10,000 people in front of them who needed lunch <laughs> and going, you really love that story. I love the story because it's so God. It is so much him. He's got all, whether it's a practical lunch that people need to eat. They've been traveling for three days with Christ, you know, and, and, and Jesus is really teaching his disciples. We're about God's work here and there is no shortage. We just simply have to find out what we have available. What is in our possession that God can use to glorify himself? And he then does the multiplication. He then does the miracle. He then does. And so you may be looking at your situation and saying, wow, like we've done our finances and I looked at it and I see a negative number before the end of the month. And then you hear the voice of the Lord saying, but there's a need out here that I want to meet and you're the person to do it. And, and again, God, so many times, so many places, so many creative ways that he brings about the resources that we need in the place when we need them. And that story of Jesus, you know, feeding the 5,000, uh, well, well, it's 10,000, but feeding the, the, the multitudes with food, you know, there is a boy with his lunch who, who gives his lunch. There's disciples who go around to try and figure, there's a whole bunch of things that I just love about that story that really reflect back to the verses that you read. We don't put our strength in what we can see, in kings and horses. But it's counterintuitive. In our culture, it is really counterintuitive. Absolutely. I was just reading uh, something from Tozer this morning, and he was talking about the presence of God. And I, 
read his prayer at the end and he's at, he's repenting and asking forgiveness for for focusing on the visible so much. Mm-hmm. We focus on what we can see so much and we forget that God is ever present, that he is with us, that he created all things. We forget to read his word. We don't go to do and do what David did when all his, uh, w- the women and children were taken by the enemy and he went uh, aside. He was going to be, he was being harassed by his men, almost killed. And it, the scripture says, I think the last chapter of 1 Samuel, he says, David went and strengthened himself mm-hmm. in the Lord. And then he went and took the ephod, I believe. He put it on. I, I could be getting it wrong. But, and he says, now, Lord, what do we do? Can we go after these guys? And the Lord says, go, and I'll deliver them into your hand. So he didn't get killed by his men, but he got strength from the Lord. And I'm wondering where we're turning to get strength from. Mm. And, and we're going to segue right into the discussion, the current event that's happening, which has just been on my mind so much. And I've been doing some reading on it, listening um, to different um, newscasts. You guys know you'd have to have fallen off the earth not to know that the supply chain globally is at a real and is in crisis and it is going to affect our economy. It is affecting our economy. Um, there is a, a shortage of workers. There's a shortage of truck drivers in North America and it's affecting small businesses in particular. Um, uh, I know places like Amazon, from what I've heard, and Walmart, they they have some ways to get mass supplies, and they have great big spaces to store stuff in. But the little small guy up the road or down the road from you is the one who's struggling to get the supply in. Um, there was one lady I heard from Montreal. She has a clothing store, and they had ordered the snowsuits and stuff. They were supposed to arrive in August. Um, they still haven't received them. So there's there's this this chain of events that's happening. We also know I just looked up the current inflation rate in Canada and it's accelerated to 4.1 in August from 3.7 in July. That's 0.4%, which seems like a big number for me in in a month. I don't know a lot. I'm not an economist. We should have Brent or Bold on here to talk to us about that. But we know that things are going up. We know well, the price can I, of can gas. Can I interject there a little bit to just say that we have to be careful watching the inflation rate in a month over month um you know these things you want to look over a span of say six months to a year to go what is the trajectory because month over month there's going to be ups and downs you know it's a little bit like uh you know don't zero in on oh my goodness now the sky is falling because we're at 4.1 percent um okay if we don't just just a little introduction okay so i so we don't we we don't have to do that. But what we do know, and that's the one thing that we are realizing is um, uh, the price of gas is going up. There are global shortages of things. And one of the explanations I heard actually from a professor in the, there's a, there's actually an institute in the States that they study supply chain um, Mm -hmm. activity. And he said that when the pandemic hit, um, I'll try and reference that in the show notes today. Um, when the pandemic hit, um, everyone kind of went, what does this mean? We all went home. We all hung on to our money for a bit. And then when we realized we were at home, that we could do renovations, <laughs> that we could buy new couches. We weren't, we weren't going on holidays. We weren't going out to yeah. eat. So all then the money, the spending increased. 
And he gave a number for um, of the U.S. Um, in a story I heard this past week that um, we're spending 20% more, like Americans are spending 20% more than they have. Um, it's the highest spending rate per household that we've seen. And it's be- because of all of this. While at the same time, so so while we were shutting down and saying, oh, what, what does the pandemic mean? The suppliers and all this mass production decided, okay, we're not, now we're at a standstill. People aren't demanding as much product. Why don't we fix our ships? Why don't we put them in the, the port and we're going to do some fixing? We're not producing as much in our manufacturing plants. And so all of that slowed down. But then the spending increased. And it's like this slow moving train, I guess, that has to catch up with with production. And now it has. And now we hear stories like 87 uh, ships off the coast of California in one city. We've got there's another story. They're just waiting to get into port and they can't get into port simply because there's too many ships. And, you know, there's some covid related stuff and, you know, all of those delays that, that we've all experienced around. Getting doing the normal things that we would do, but having to jump through some more COVID related hoops. And I read a New York Times article from o- October 10th in Savannah, Georgia. Um, this is the opening line like toy blocks hurled from the heavens, nearly 80,000 shipping containers are stacked in various configurations at the port of Savannah, 50% more than usual. And there's just, uh, like, there's and, just, and a- in that case, there's no land transportation to ship those right. those those containers to to somewhere where their final destination is. Well, so they, and the guy made it to North America from other places, but now they can't get from the port into you know whatever store they're going to. Right. So what's happened? What you're going to see as the consumer, you're going to see a please be patient with us mm-hmm. um, while we get the product. Now, why are we talking about, about this? Because I'm depressed now. <laughs> well, I'm not depressed. It's very interesting. Christmas is coming. So we've got like literally two months before Christmas and they're already having a shortage in some of the stores we love. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, actually, the month of Christmas, I have a very special guest who's going to come and how and she's going to talk about how she manages Christmas in a climate like this. So um, it's you can, oh, we have an expert. We have an expert. Well, coming she, to the would, show. she actually said, can I do this anonymously? <laughs> um, I said no. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I won't give you the, give it away. Um, that'll hopefully be <laughs> stay it. For, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Yes. Anyway, I know we like, we have 10 minutes left, but this is what we wanted to talk about because this kind of situation stirs up anger and entitlement issues. Mm. When we get, it, this is why we're talking about it because entitlement sh- rears its ugly head pretty, pretty succinctly and clearly. Um, you know what? Well, we deserve to have these products. Amazon hasn't helped. And even in fact, the story I heard from the gentleman in the States who's with this institute and he's a professor who studies supply chain. He says Amazon has actually created a beast in us mm-hmm. that we can order it and get it in 24 hours. And um, like like there was um, a, a, a frother I wanted to order for a friend of ours. And they were out. And then two days later, it was in, but you wouldn't get it to November 18th. I thought, ah, I don't want to wait till November 18th to get them that frother. So I'm just going to get a different frother that will come Friday. I'm no different than anybody else. I know there are some. What, anti- Rebecca? I know there are some anti-Amazon out there, too. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that today. But he, the point being, he did create this. We're, we're living in this world is that we want it. We get it. 
and we can do it on credit. We get it now. There's no waiting. And these verses that we read, verse 20 says, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. So this is a very simple podcast. What's your attitude going to be when you walk into a store and you can't get what you want? When your kid is asking for just that perfect thing and you can't get it this Christmas because there's a supply chain issue. How are you going to respond? How are we responding? There are things that we found we've needed in our home that we haven't been able to get. And so we have to come up with other ideas. What is that attitude? And I was going to tell you, I also heard a part of the story. And then Dave can talk the rest of the time. I'll stop talking. There's a shortage of paper in the publication world and transportation. Now, I haven't heard anything from uh, Yaris Publishing is doing um, our book, my book. And it's to come out yet uh, this by the end of November, Lord willing. But, you know, when I heard that, I'm like, a, a shortage of paper? Really? So what's my attitude going to be with all my joy and excitement over getting this book? But how am I going to take these verses to heart and know that I can't trust in a trucking company or a paper company, but I can trust in the name of the Lord mm-hmm. and I will wait for him. Mm-hmm. And how is my how is this going to affect our attitude? Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, again, this 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 whole this borders on a whole new show, a whole other show that we could talk about just about being patient, about being, uh, you know, in a sense, putting the priority and saying, listen, um, we may have to come up with maybe a different solution. Maybe if that frother was the one that you wanted, then, okay, are you going to wait until November? Uh, you know, I, I always like to throw in and make sure you have the money before you spend it. Some of us uh, are going out and we're getting all upset about the fact that we can't get the product we want when, in fact, we don't even have the money to pay for it yet. And we're buying it on credit and we don't know how to pay it off. So, again, just kind of backing up a little bit and saying, oh, OK, um, it is a different environment that, again, some of these things will, you know, they're going to happen. They will pass. Uh, we'll look back on them and go man, I can't really understand why I got so upset that I couldn't get what I wanted within two days and I had to wait a week or I had to wait two weeks. Uh, again, a lot of that comes from our current environment of just, just, just this is what the norm was. And guess what? There, there really is uh, in, in some cases, not every case, but in some cases, there, there is a change where you, you just have to decide, how am I going to react to this? What is my my response going to be to the fact that I have to wait. And, and again, we all don't like waiting. Uh, I have this conversation again, pretty much every day or almost every week saying, you know, well, if you waited, you wouldn't have to pay the interest on that cost. It will actually be cheaper for you, but I don't want to wait, Dave. I want it now. And we go, okay, so then let's count the cost. Let's find out how much extra this thing is going to cost you when we add in whatever interest cost or whatever it is, and then we decide, wow, okay, maybe there's a change in, in, in terms of the attitude around waiting. Um, all of these things are now coming very much to the forefront of our everyday spending. Um, I don't, well, I don't think we've had a situation like this where we, we haven't, you want something and you can't go out to the store and get it. Someone mm-hmm. told me that the Walmart they were in or, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was the Walmart. They had gone in and to get something in the frozen section, and it was whatever one they were in in the Ottawa area. It was completely empty. Mm-hmm. 
Like, so he went to another grocery store, chain grocery store, found what he needed, but he said that that is not, you know, and I don't, you know, we can, we joke about the toilet paper issue, but I guess here's the, you know, cause that's been an issue in the pandemic too, but um, we're talking about this just to raise your awareness because really it is time that we mature and grow up in the mm. next, next week's show. I want to share some of the verses about eating meat and when are we going to grow up? When are we going to say, you know what? Our financial discipleship is as much, um, our financial stewardship is as much a part of our discipleship journey as followers of Christ as, as, as reading my Bible and praying. Like mm. it's all, you can't separate money and purchasing and the stuff we have in our homes. You can't just bury your head and put that in another box and say that's not related to my walk with God. They're, they are related. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner, the sooner we'll get a grasp and get, gain awareness and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to surrender my money to you. Um, you're going to have to read my book, but I quote my brother and he said, until you... I don't I, think you should say this because... Yeah, know, it's they, a brilliant quote. I know, I, but they have to read the book. Know, you just leave but, them. You have to read my book. Sorry, I'm not no, going to give you the I'm quote I'm going to give today. you the quote because my bro- <laughs> it's better if you read it directly. I don't have it in front of me. But he said something like this. He said, until the Lord gets a hold of your wallets, we ha- truly haven't surrendered to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's a serious statement, mm-hmm. but it's brilliant. And it's in one of the chapters. Anyway, you have to buy the book. Um, but let me say this. Hebrews 13, which we've quoted here before, and we're going to quote it again. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Those ver- those verses go together with Psalm 33, of course. And what's our answer? What's our answer in this climate when we are seeing all of these uncertainties, not just the supply chain issue, but all kinds of stuff, all the, the division we're seeing in families and churches. Um, over vaccinations, all of that. How are we responding? And he says we can be content and at peace because we have him. He is with us. We wait in, in on him. We, we wait on him. We lean in. One of our prayer groups I'm in, we were talking about waiting and it's like, um, getting entwined. When we're waiting, we entwine ourselves with Christ. And, and are we doing that in this season? Are we letting these circumstantial things that are out there affect us? I know that David and I have to remind ourselves daily not to get emotionally um, worked up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm pretty passionate. I get worked up. Um, maybe he doesn't as much. But, you know, don't um, let my or your emotions lead you in this situation. Step back and say, okay. I need another solution. I'm not getting these kinds of light bulbs. What kind of light bulb can I get? And we're coming to the end of the show. And, and uh, you know, I hope you've stuck with us. If you didn't, uh, well, you're not here anyway. So what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you stuck with it and you hear our heart to say, the Lord will supply all of your needs. I mean, these verses that we've read, so many more through scripture that says, listen, whether you're in famine, whether you're in a land of plenty, the Lord is still the Lord. The Lord sits on his throne and he is in control. And and the Lord's desire is, is that we be one with him, that we be one with Christ and with the Father uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we do that, 
then patience looks a little bit different because it's waiting on the Lord who is good to tell you, okay, this is your next step. This is the next place. Um, you know, gratitude. I mean, we don't have to go too far back into the Old Testament to see the Exodus and go, how did gratitude and lack of gratitude impact a generation? They wandered around in the desert for 40 years. And Reb in my heart, and I'll end with this, is that you don't wander around in the desert for 40 years while God is at work in the world around you. He wants to display his glory. Lord, we just thank you that that is, that is what you want to do through us. You choose to do that through us and you give us your glory. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. And we just uh, thank you for all of these things that you empower us in Christ's name. Amen. And I'm going to end with that. I'm not going to say any more. Join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.